Well, financial conditions tightened, but we've got no major alarm bells at this stage. But we are seeing investment managers looking at the right hedges for the, the evolving economy. We see the US dollar really at the backbone of this evolution between tighter financial conditions as the dollar index trades to the highest level since March, as the exceptionalism story continues to evolve as well. Now, we preview what's happening in the ECB meeting next week. We look at the trades around that and also the US CPI print and also Apple as it trades into Wonderlust next week. We look at trades around the Mexican peso and other factors as well. It's time to get in front of the screens. This is The Trade-Off. Well, hi, traders. My name is Chris Weston, head of research here at Pepstone, and I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Moreau from Forex Analytics. And we're going to go through all the charts, all the navigating, the various formatics and the playbooks around the key event risks that are coming up onto our radar. So I'm going to bring in the great man into the program, Mr. Blake Moreau. I wanted to say there's, there's so many cool things that are going on. I mean, cool is not probably the right word. I think there's something that, 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 that took me back last night was, you know, we have seen some of the LATAM uh, central banks cutting rates. We've seen that in Chile. Um, yeah, they're cutting rates 75 basis points. Some people are looking for 100, but you know they've been they're, they're aggressively easing now. Uh, we expect more. Yeah, probably the Mexican central bank to come out later this year, uh, probably in December and start easing Brazil as well. But the Polish last night. I mean, if you want to go hard, go hard or go home. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the market was expecting 25 basis points of cuts. They went 75. So yeah, what we've seen is we have seen a situation where some central banks. Yeah, when they're raising in that cycle, we're raised by 25 basis points more or 25 basis points yeah, more in terms of cutting. But to go 50 basis points, I mean, that, that, that's a punchy statement, right? I mean, I, that, I, when, I, when I saw that coming through, I was like, whoa. But yeah, there's Lottie obviously getting towed up on the back of that one. But uh, yeah, I, I think that was a really, I haven't seen anything that, that, that big a magnitude of beat for, for a long time. No, and, and that that probably speaks to you a little bit about what other central banks may be thinking moving forward. I, I think that we got to take that as a kind of a clue or maybe, you know, forward looking that we might start getting some central banks that uh, come out a little bit more dovish. And, you know, we've got a huge, huge month this week. We do. Huge month. Next, next two weeks. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's is what it, I meant is to it say. Is it a case of, uh, you know, starting to get a bit more bearish on emerging markets? Are you potty to be long the Zlotty? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, you were punchy today. It's nearly Friday, mate. Anyway, but that's an interesting one. I just I just want to chuck it out there because um, what we're seeing in emerging markets now, in, in, you know, they led us in there. They, they aggressively hiked before the DM central banks. And, you know, I think we haven't seen a situation where, where central bankers has gone so far above expectations. I mean, that was a statement of, um, of intent there. Anyway, let's go into the factors that are, that are making news. Let's, uh, let's go into Topical Thunder. Right, I'm going to bring up the dollar because the dollar has been on a one-way tear. I, I, I put this down to the small theory. Um, you know, we just we put out an article about it yesterday. But, you know, you've really got both sides of the small theory working concurrently for the US dollar. On the right-hand side, you know, you've seen quite poor data in Europe. I mean, the Chinese data, you know, sort of amplified by the Taishan uh, services data earlier this week. Uh, I'm saying this before the trade data comes out in China today. Um, but, you know, the UK data is looking precarious on the services side. Um, one month doesn't make a, a trend, obviously. But yeah, we are watching that um, European data we talked about. But the US still looks that kind of 
better exceptional story and we saw that from the ism services numbers uh, overnight or in your time your day um on the left hand side yeah we we haven't really seen too much in the way of a risk off malaise credit spreads are still you know very very tight uh the vix is just above 14 percent we're not seeing ma major buying of implied vol at the moment uh, and the s p and nasdaq are, yeah they've had a little bit of a pullback very very modest it's still not far away from all-time highs but that said, I think, you know, the exceptionalism story is, for me, is still working. And you've got bond yields, you know, in twos, breaking above 5%, which is supporting. Yeah, are we going to get a rate hike in November or not? Yeah, and, and that's what, how we've been you know, looking at the US dollar. I personally still like the dollar. I, I think pullbacks will be pretty shallow. Um, you know, it's still looking like that best house, Blake, uh, in that in that neighbourhood. So, yeah, I think, yeah, sterling's cables traded to the downside aussie's obviously just a proxy of what's happening in china at the moment euro dollars broken through the march uptrend you know you can name it um, dollar mex looks really good at the moment yeah we've seen the mexican central bank unwinding some of its you know forward hedges to an extent which i think is a, a statement to the market what i haven't given you much much time i'm afraid sorry i've just gone on a bit of a rant so i'm a bit spicy today but um how are you seeing the dollar broadly at the moment well, that's fine. No, no, you're you're already weeding into some of my uh, my other topics for today anyway. Sorry, but that's all right. That's all right, Chris. I'm, I'm going to just give you the reins and you just take off. No, I, I'm playing the dollar on the long side. I think it's tough to play the dollar on the short side. Yeah. Actually, um, I believe last week we had a setup or it might have been my play of the day of the dollar Swiss on the short side. Good. And I'm like, uh, no, I was Sorry. short. It was just it, 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 it turned and it broke out. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to stop and reverse. Yeah. I didn't. I, I was too focused on other things that I was long the dollar against, which was fine. It yeah. all worked out. Mm. But I think shorting the dollar is really tough. Even the dollar yen, you know, here we are, you know, on our way to 150. Yes, there's some comments that have been coming out from uh, just yeah. over the last. Yeah, for, we have the M M M Ministry of Finance. But, you know, what are they going to really do? I mean, intervention could cause a little blip and you might see some dollar weakness. But remember, it's a yen story. So you would see, you know, euro yen go down. Therefore, the dollar would rally against the euro. So I, I think the euro still, excuse me, the dollar still looks really good. I think the ex exceptionalism is going to turn out to be this, the cleanest dirty shirt in the next couple of months. But I believe that the dollar still looks great. And I, and, and, and yeah, you sprinkle on a little bit of uh, risk aversion, Chris. I mean, that yeah, would get it going. stocks are, yeah, if we saw the, if we saw, Vic, would. If, if we saw VIX uh, pushing up and, and you know, rates vol pushing higher, the move index, you can stick on that one. Then, then the, the dollar will get that extra wind coming through. I mean, but yeah, look, I mean, I forget yeah, the Canadian GDP numbers. No one was expecting a contraction there. And that was, you know, just sort of added to that, that pile where the US is just looking a little bit better. Have a look at that rate story for 2024, the uh, the SOFA futures, which you can get on TradingView. I'm happy to share that one out to you. But you can, you can see what's priced for, for between December 23 and December 24. We just made new highs there. So we've got 104 basis points of cuts being priced in for next year. Not a sign of a recession, more a sign that the Fed are going to start to normalise and bring it back to a more neutral rate. But that's the lowest levels of implied cuts that we've seen in this cycle. Um, for, for, for a large period of time. And again, I think that's just boosting the US dollar. So as a world where we're sort of sitting going, are the ECB done? Are the Bank of uh, England done? Obviously, don't talk about Bank of Japan. The RBA are done, Bank Canada done. Are we going to see another rate hike from the Fed in November? Yeah, that, that policy divergence, again, just shows that the US dollar is a little bit better in that situation there. It does. And that's going to take us to our next topic, Chris. Is we're going to talk, Let's talk a little bit about the ECB. And I guess the question that I have is, do they and can they raise rates? Mm. You know, if you if you look at the the last um, ECB meeting and you and you look at 
you look at uh, Christine Lagarde. She she obviously have has turned uh, a corner from from being very uh, hawkish to more dovish, slightly neutral to to more dovish than anything. Um, you know, there's the market's kind of, you know, will will they or won't they? And and my my propensity to to think that they're not going to raise rates um, as you know deflationary type of pressures start to hit them. I, I think that their, their, their data is weakening. There's tools that they can employ, like they could, uh, they could you know, um, uh, increase like reserves, bank reserves. They could actually, you know, divert the PEP uh, payments, repayments. I think there's things that they could actually do to not raise rates and stay steady from here on out. And you were just saying it, uh, you know, look, Bank of Canada, they just held. ECB, they might hold too. I mean, where do you stand with the European Central Bank and what they're going to do next week? It's difficult, isn't it? Really difficult because we've seen um, the the likes of Schnabel, uh, one of the Hawker mem- hawkish members, you know, talking the idea that a much more balanced view. And if you look at the data of late, given where core CPI has been pulling back to, and obviously the PMI series, both on the manufacturing and services. Yeah, and, and the IFO server, there's definitely reasons for them to sit on their hands. And so my gut instinct suggests that they, they will pause at this meeting. That said, we saw ECB member Knott last night and also Kazimar um, suggesting that the market had underpriced the September rate hike. So it's given a bit of an element of doubt. So it's a live meeting and it's probably going to be one of the most exciting, well, exciting meetings for the neutrals, those that have positions, Um we've seen in a long time because it could go either way. But I think my, my instinct tells me that it's not going to happen. What's most important for us, Blake, of course, is, is how we're managing euro exposures over that meeting if we choose to have them. Um, and I think we could see implied vol pick up around that meeting. And that, that obviously means, you know, I'd be looking to reduce my position size because it could go either way. Um, what's also important is, is market pricing. We've got eight basis points of tights being priced in for that meeting. So that's a 36% chance in the plot, in the market size that we get a hike. Therefore, if we do get a hike, then obviously you're going to get a more pronounced move in the euro to the upside than would, what you would do to the downside if they left rates on hold. Um, so that's obviously another factor. And obviously you've got positioning and, and liquidity and other factors as well. So I think they, they leave rates on hold. What do you think? I do think they leave them on hold, Chris, and that's the way I am going to try to position that way um, as, as I, I think that the dollar is going to be able to shine uh, the dollar smile theory, if you will. Yeah. The exceptionalism, I think we, you know, between uh, the market looking ahead with uh, CPI after we get CPI mm-hmm. next week, um, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to be long dollars and short euros. And I think the euro is going to trade you know, south of 107 towards 106 and yeah. maybe even uh, where 105 handle. It'd be interesting so. to see. I mean, at the moment, uh, clients are, are loading up on euro longs at the moment. They're fading euro dollar, uh, sorry, they're fading dollar weak, dollar strength at the moment. Obviously, that's just a, a natural thing you see from retail traders when you see this extended move and you know, they just love to counter those kind of situations. I will say, though, if you look at investment bank flow reports that the, the asset managers and leverage funds uh, are, are pretty pretty long of US dollars, not to sort of eye bleed, uh, nosebleed type territory but yeah that's something that we look at when you go into these events market positioning and rate expectations um yeah really do matter about how we manage those risks so it's interesting i think that i think they keep rates on hold but would i want to hold euro exposures over that meeting i'd certainly want to come back a little bit yeah that's well for me it's always going to be about how much how much runway you have right if, if you're profitable enough where you can you know you can you can take a little bit of a wiggle and, and you're not going to give back too much. That's the way I, yeah, I'm going to play it. But anyway, right, let's I know, go, let's I know go, we need let's, to move on. I'm going to switch, let's switch lanes because we're going to the FOMC meeting. Um, 
which comes out on the 20th. Uh, the market's not expecting the Fed to hike. Um, uh, and, yeah, there's very little chance that the Fed are going to hike at that meeting. But November is very much up for debate, which is why I've used that title, Gun, Gun to November, which I think is one of your favourite bands, the Fugees, wasn't it? Or was one of Wycliffe John, uh, who, who sung that. But, the um, yeah, that's the thing. So we're 50-50. It could go either way for November. So the CPI print next week is going to be a piece of data that the market will want to understand to increase... You know, do we have our base case that they raise in, in November or do they subtract that coming through? Now, I look at uh, that CPI print in two ways. You've got headline inflation and you've got the core inflation read. Core inflation is expected to pull back a little bit, um, but the headline number, because the base effects, is expected to kick up to about 3.5%. The Cleveland Fed themselves um, uh, have got a nowcast model on that and they're seeing that coming out at 3.8%. So if that's right, um, there is definitely some upside risk to headline. Um but that's that's a really big one there because I mean you could, you get a situation where the ECB leave rates on hold that Abe's basis points comes out the euro, um, yeah we get a we get a, an above consensus core CPI print, um, headline prints yeah that dollar yen could uh, sorry that euro dollar could be trading markedly lower so yeah how are you trading how are you thinking about that CPI print where the risks and how do you see that playing into into the FOMC meetings for September and, and November. Well, because I, I think that September is off the table. Yeah. Um, I think a, a hot print, you know, you think about the 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 ISM data that came out today. Yeah. That was way that was way hotter than expected. Scorching. Uh, and yeah, it's scorching hot. And Especially remember, the price good news right the now. The price is paid element of that was was quite concerning, I suppose. It is. And and I know the S&P uh, P, uh, PMIs came in a little weak, but Look, you know, good data is not good for for equities. Good data is going to be good for the dollar, and yeah. um, and right now, strong data good for the dollar. Core CPI, it's gonna it's gonna tilt the percentages that 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 the Fed actually moves in September in you know two weeks. Uh, so we'll be we'll have a week out before before we we get to the Fed. Um, regardless, the dollar could could make a move between mm. now and the FOMC. So, uh, Chris, I, I'm just continuing to play the dollar on the long side on dips, you know, and I and I have and I will point out actually in some charts to show you just how shallow the dips are because it's not giving people the opportunity to reload. Mm. It's not giving people the opportunity to exit. It's it's a one way freight you know freight train right now, and you got to respect that type of price action. Yeah. Are you playing the dollar on the long side? I would only play it from the long side at the moment. No, I mean, the positioning is getting rich, and that's something that, that, that we need to think about. But if the dollar's going to make a move lower, it's going to be because of people just taking profits and take, taking positioning. The investment case is not going to change overnight, and that is that, as I say, we're, we're debating whether or not we get a rate hike in November. We're, the opposite is true in so many G10 countries. We're actually debating whether they're going to hold from, 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 a, from a position where we'd priced in um, a really good chance of, of a hike, and now we're doing the opposite. So the two things are, are, are separated. Um, and so I think that investment case isn't going to change. I mean, obviously, if we were to see a really weak uh, core CPI print, um, then then I think, yeah, the, the dollar's going to get whacked pretty hard on the back of that. And that's a risk, again, something that we need to consider, those dollar positions going into the CPI print. You know, if we look at the the last six CPI prints that we've seen in the US, in the 30 minutes um, after um, the CPI date, the US dollar's fallen every single time. So, you know, 
the, 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 the form guide would suggest that that's the case. But yeah, look, these are risks. It's how we trade. You know, our job is to is to manage the risk around these events, understand the skew of and the distribution around them, and and understand, and, and work out do we want to hold those exposures? Do we want to reduce them? So the CPI prints uh, there as well. We could easily say uh, to answer your question, you know, I, I I would only be long the US dollar right now or neutral, but but shorting it for me uh, is a pretty tough trade. It's it's a fairly low conviction trade. At this point, I would want a bit of momentum to go in. I like trading on momentum. Anyway, let's let's go yeah, into. Go on, sorry. No, I was going to say let's go ahead and go into the next topic. And and you know we're going to have uh, by by next week's week uh, next week's uh, trade off. We're going to have a good idea because we'll we'll have already seen what right. happens with inflation. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's go into crude oil. And and it's a topic of conversation because crude is breaking out, Chris. It is. <laughs> it is breaking out i mean you you want to talk about one of the reasons why the the, the dollar canadian doesn't trade at a 140 handle right now mm. it's because of this crude oil move and you know i think that people really have to understand um a couple of things about crude the move in crude has to do with supply mm. it, it's it you you've got saudi arabia and russia you know they're they're going to be cutting uh output for the next what three months yeah right so i mean December, yeah yeah that's what the sellers yeah, have said. So, I, mean, I think there are nine million barrels a day of output, which is cut back, and that's been pushed out to December. And you know, the, the Russians have done uh, not not quite to the same extent, but they've agreed to push them out as well. So yeah, you're you're right on the supply. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's a supply it's a supply move, and everybody's I think they've got that Pavlonian response, and and they have for which makes sense. By the way, as I say this, you'll you'll understand. You know, a lot of times when you're looking at crude oil and you, you think, oh, boy, look, crude's rallying. It's rallying with risk. Stocks are going higher. You know, dollars moving lower. Crude's moving, moving higher. Uh, great. You know, everything, you know, I can see rainbows and unicorns. Everything's great. But right now you're seeing a breakout in crude, yeah. which is going to make it's going to make a, 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 the job really tough for central bankers as 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 the this this energy costs start to go through the roof. If they're already elevated already mm. it's going to make them very very it's going to make it very difficult for you know them to follow in the footsteps of of, of the polish you know of those of the zloty if you will so with that being said you know you've got you've got a situation where we are seeing crude breakout and we got to respect the fact that it's breaking out and understand that it's not good for the economy and it's going to keep central bankers more on the higher for longer yeah. or steady for longer path then the I can start cutting rates soon going earlier into 2024. What what do you make of this move in crude right now? Well, I think demand's there as well. I mean, we see you know, the forecast from the international agency, energy agency, that is showing you know, really, really strong demand. But yeah, the, the, what's pushed us up here is is is, is around the, the, the Saudis and, and Russia um, and you know, other factors that are playing through in parts of Africa as well. But um, yeah, I wouldn't want to fade this move. I'd, I'd be wanting to buy pullbacks or neutral. But, uh, you know, I think... Um, we're just exploring. They're going to the options market, Blake. Brent, Brent people are, are speculating buying upside calls now into Brent Brent options. Um, you know, well above a hundred now. So the options market is certainly sniffing that one out. Um, yeah, the the curve, if you look at the futures curve, is 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 significantly backwardated now, and that incentivizes people to be long uh, for that roll down. When you get to expiry, you roll down to a cheaper contract, and you get that positive carry, which of course to to anyone who's in the futures market is is, is really really positive indeed. You always want to see that situation playing through. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think it it goes higher. The, I mean, when you're talking about geographical issues, think about those countries which are big importers of energy relative to the exporters. So Japan, a massive energy importer, 
you know, if you're looking at why part of the reason why we're seeing weakness playing through in the Japanese yen, I think it's because when you're seeing um, energy, you know, ramping up, um, you know, the countries that import are going to struggle. You're going to you're going to shy away from them. So, so that's a, that's another factor we need to think about as well. Yeah. Imagine buying crude in yen terms. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, you could buy gold. Buy gold in yen terms has done very well. So um, there you yeah, go. There you go. There you go. Record <laughs> highs coming through. Anyway, let's go to the setups that have caught, caught our mind. <laughs> I'm going to go to cable to start off with, and as always. Uh, if anyone's got any, any any charts you want us to to to, to look at, do do uh, fl uh, pass them over to Blake myself either through through social media through, yeah, you know, go reach out directly to us or, or yeah, you know, write into the comment section um, and 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 let us know what's going on. Um, but there's a couple that, that that we've been focused on, and that's cable here, Blake. You know, you've got the head and shoulders there. You've got the the the, the real stage down that, that hit the 50-day moving average. We crossed down. We we've broken the neckline. We have made a lower low here. Um, yeah, I mean, 200-day moving average coming through. Fundamentally, of course, you know, we saw uh, Governor Bailey talking um, about this table mountain approach, this higher for longer um, uh, coming through. Um, sorry, that was Hugh Pill, sorry. Um, but Governor Bailey's been speaking overnight as well, and he's, he's come out with some pretty dovish comments uh, Yeah, that he believes inflation's going to crater going forward and that we could be seeing the last of the interest rate cycle. So again, you know, Sterling, which was so, so strong, is now one of the weaker currencies, and and I like to try this from the from from the short side again. Selling any kind of rallies in this in this pair, I think that two hundred day moving average just above one twenty four kicks into play sooner rather than later. Obviously, that CPI next week is going to be key. How are you playing cable at the moment? I, I've been playing it to the short side, and and you know the thing is is I I, I want to be short until we get to the two hundred day moving average, which now happens to be very close. Um, but but this is one of those pairs that I have been playing the dollar through. Um, just, you know, I figured if, if the euro is going to break down, the sterling's going to be uh, playing well on the short side. It, it fell a little bit further today than I thought uh, for the reasons that you had mentioned uh, earlier. But, you know, if you if you just take a step back and look at that chart, just kind of blur your eyesight, that is a head and shoulder pattern that's playing out. Yeah. 124.50 is going to be a really key pivot. That was a big breakout point from, you know, back in 2000, early 2022, I believe you have to you know, kind of keep looking left in your charts. 124.50 is going to be big. We're, we're getting real close. The 200-day moving average, really close. I like it on the short side. It's a clear breakdown right yeah, now. Yeah, and the other so. thing as well, just before I get, um, just before we flip over to the to Euro next trade, um, we've still got 50 basis points of tights being priced in. Now, that includes the next central bank meeting uh, later this month, um, where the market's pricing in 22 basis points. But I think they're one and done. You know, I think, I think they're done. I think those comments from Hugh Pill, the chief economist on the Bank of England, um, talking about this table mountain suggests there are real risks. There are real risks. They sit on their hands at the next meeting. I don't think so. I think they get another one more rate hike at the next meeting, and that's them done. But the market's still pricing in two hikes. So again, that just keeps me a little bit bearish on the pound. Whilst we're going to get higher for longer, that's a thematic that's playing across you know, most of the G10 central banks, where yeah, we're going to we're going to see them hold at elevated rates. Um, but yeah, I, I think 50 basis points of tights being priced into into UK rates. Um, to terminal pricing is still a bit punchy, and I think maybe one of those comes out again. It keeps me believing that we've got some downside risks uh, in cable there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe so too. All right, well, the next, uh, well, my first uh, setup is going to be the Euro Mexican peso, and this is, uh, you know, are you still feeling lucky, Chris? Do you? Lucky, mate. Yeah, you feeling lucky? You feeling lucky? <laughs> All right, are you feeling lucky with those carry trades? You know, 
last week, uh, Mexico, as you as you mentioned earlier, they they decided to slash its hedging program. Um, you know, to, that that they used to stabilize the Mexican peso post COVID lockdowns. Because if you don't remember, and I, it's not on this chart because you'd have to keep looking left. We had the COVID lockdown. The dollar rallied against the Mexican peso. I think 40%. Yeah, so it's a like, bit less than that. Which it was, was... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, most of the most of the, 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 the selling of dollar mex actually took place in 2017. But the hedging that they did in 2020 uh, was, I mean, a fantastic trade by them, to be honest. They, yeah. They, they, oh, they, yeah. They, they've done, yeah. done pretty well out there. I mean, you you got you to gotta hand it to banks ago. I've seen central banks over the years uh, do these types of things. Like uh, the 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 RBNZ played the the uh, Kiwi beautifully following the GFC back in 2008 to 2010. They were buying, getting long so much Kiwi. It was crazy. Anyway, Mexico is unwinding the, that program, and it's, it's kind of like the you know um, special circumstances. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like having rates lower for longer. You know. For emergencies and same with this hedging but since they've done it the 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 euro max and the dollar max have 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 lost about four to you know six percent depending on what currency you're looking at um but the euro max had rallied quite sharply now as a result we are back up against resistance and if you're a carry trader and you you you're like okay um i i, I think stocks are done going down i want to play this back to the short side this is the place to do it but what are your thoughts on the euro max i think we're at a very big inflection point mm. while we're while we're below 1910 yeah. go ahead chris well, sorry i'm interested because you know like you, you bring up a, a, a chart that's, that's pushing resistance and is yet to complete yeah there's there's no trade there for me right now one for the scalpers maybe but um dollar max has actually broken out and it's broken out with real force there so it's not just uh, about the um the unwind of the the non-deliverable forwards or part unwind should we say but there's obviously the dollar play that's gone in through to that as well um I don't know, I think this is a, a, a proper unwind of carry. You, for that, to me, you'd, you'd need a, a you know, higher applied volatilities to really get that, that carry trade unwound pumping. Um, but it's interesting that you've, you've got Euro Mex here because that, that's yet to complete. So it is a setup, as we like to talk about there. Yeah. But Dollar Mex has actually broken out. It's, 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 yeah, it's in beast mode at the moment. So, yeah, would you be trading Dollar Mex over Euro? Well, I know you're bullish on dollars, but wouldn't you trade Dollar Mex over Euro Mex there? Well, I'm, I'm actually long uh, Dollar Mex below 17. So I, I'm already long, and I was long Euro Mex and just took it off literally this morning as it went up against resistance right here. But I think it's at a key inflection point. And, you know, if you believe that, you know, stocks are going to stabilize at near current levels around the 4450 level in the S&P. And you think that maybe the ECB will not hike and they're just going to keep rates on hold. Yeah, so Perhaps so the, uh, the Euro Max is, yeah, it's a good short up here. And that's why I think it's a great setup. And gonna, on a breakout above say, 19, 1910 is bullish. 1910. Yep. Okay. Well, also, you've got Mexican yep. CPI numbers in the session ahead. That could be quite influential. The market's expecting the, the, the banks go to start easing in December. Um, this CPI print in the, in the session ahead could see them um, toying with the idea that that comes sooner. So that's another catalyst for your, for your trade. So, yeah, really good setup. I really like that. It could go either way. Well, a lot of fundamental drivers there. So uh, put that one on your radars, ladies and gentlemen. I want to go into Apple. <clears throat> a 
canvas your views there. I mean, we saw that, I think, having its worst day um, for, for, for some time uh, uh, in, the, in the session we've just gone past. A lot of that down to geopolitical, well, just call it geopolitical headlines, but headlines that, that Chinese government officials are shying away or being told to shy away from Apple products. Um, I think this is probably a, a thematic that you're going to see far more about as we go into the election next year. You're going to see a lot more of um, those head, those sort of headlines coming through, um, and, and certainly from the US side, not from no so much from the China side. Um, but look, we, when we moved up, we, we, we almost filled the gap that you can see there, Blake. Um, and yeah, gaps are there to be filled, but it's how price reacts into the gap. And now, obviously, that's been met with some pretty um, stringent news. Now, bear in mind that Apple made 19% of its revenue last year um, in China. So obviously, it's a big deal. The semantics towards China is a big deal. If, if government workers are getting told that they have to shy away from Apple products, that could extend... Uh, into the wider region. So semantics at heart there, whether this lasts is yet to be seen. But Apple, obviously one of the most, if not the most important stock for the NASDAQ and, and for the S&P. So as goes Apple, uh, could if we lose the leadership there, I mean, you, you'd be buying volatility in the NASDAQ. So how are you seeing that one? Well, you know, Chris, how long ago was it that you were at, uh, you were in the UK partying it down for your mate's uh, wedding? A couple of months About ago. About what, a month ago? A couple of months ago. Yeah. So it was, like, it was like a month and a half ago, we had this as an ascending wedge, looking for a breakdown, and it broke down magnificent, magnificently. Loved it. Now, that gap fill, I'll tell you what, technical analysis and gap filling, and you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's very similar to horseshoes and hand grenades. Close enough works. And in this situation, right. close enough works. I think that was a nice uh, gap Can fill. Can I use that perfectly. line? I'm going I'm I'm to plagiarize that one. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Absolutely, you can use it all day long. Horseshoes and hand grenades yeah. and technical analysis all works in hand in hand. But um, <laughs> because it failed right there at, at the break at the uh, gap fill, I think it's a clear short because your risk is very well defined that you just sell rallies as long as it doesn't surpass that level. Yeah. So that's it. Well, I think if we you got know? if we if, we, yeah, if, I like if, it. if, it, if the buyers do step back in and say this is a you know just a bit of a story that's not really going to evolve, then yeah, I think this is really key because if it does break but but by the level. If it breaks above the the gap, um, we're going to get new highs in Apple, and and that will mean we'll probably get very very likely get new highs in the Nasdaq as well. So this is one I think everyone, especially index traders, U.S. index traders, need to have on their radar um, because you know, if Nvidia starts to crack for other reasons, um, yeah, we were to lose the magnificent seven in the leadership, then then and and Apple's obviously a big 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 component of that. Then yeah, I think the Nasdaq's got some downside risk. So this is one that that you you've got to put central on your radar right now. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move to uh, my last setup, which is going to be the Russell 2000. And I want to remind everybody, if you have a, a setup that you want us to look at, a currency pair, an index, whatever that you want us to, to look at, make sure you jump in the comment section down below and uh, let Chris and myself know. Um, now, you'll notice with the Russell 2000, it's been the laggard for the indexes. You can see that nice triple top developing up there. Well, I also spy a head and shoulder pattern. And if you if you have kids, you may have seen the saying the song um, heads head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. That's where knees and toes comes in. Yeah. If you're wondering down and below, ladies and gentlemen, and if, you, if you are going to put a chart in, <laughs> put your preferred comment in line. See if you can see if you can out comment Blake there. <laughs> yes, if you could beat knees and toes, I'd love to hear it. Anyway, good because I need some variety. So you can see a nice clear head and shoulder pattern setting up. But notice the neckline. This is a, what we call a complex head and shoulder pattern, meaning the shoulders are slightly off. Uh, they're not. They're not exactly 
uh, horizontal. They're more diagonal. So that means the neckline is going to be somewhat diagonal. That means the neckline is right around the 200 DMA, which happens to be the red uh, line that you see there. And if you put a quick fib from high to low or low to high, you're, you're at a 50% retracement there as well, So, which is not on your chart. The, the point is, if we break below the 200-day moving average, more importantly, if we get below 1830 on the Russell 2000 index, this is on your Pepperstone CFD, chances are we're going to re reach for those range lows that you see that we haven't seen since like way back in like, uh, uh, what is that, June of 2022. Jesus. So we should revisit those levels if we break that 200-day moving average. But for those of you that are bulls, if you are bullish, you could probably play it off that 200-day moving average with limited risk. What are your thoughts here, Chris? Well, I like Sorry. when, when, it, when um, I like head and shoulders, see those head and shoulders patterns. I always like this, the, the right-hand shoulder to be to be higher than the left-hand one. I think you know, the markets tried to make a stage, failed. We're not there yet. And of course, you, you wait for them, like any of these patterns, you wait for the market to show its hand and, and increase the conviction. But yeah, I think there's the... Yeah, we're looking at the checklist of risks, as we always do. You know, we're looking at things like commercial real estate, you know, student loans, and all these other factors that are playing into the market. I wouldn't act on them at the moment, but if we're going to see any of these kind of macro factors, economic factors play in, you know, higher for longer, that starts to make things break. And I know there's a lot of people out there who who, who are you know looking at those things that could break. Um, then the Russell's going to get absolutely walloped on the back of that. So yeah. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. In some ways, I hope it doesn't. I mean, I like Vol like the next person, but um, you know, there is what we do is we look at the signs that, that could create the volatility. We check them off and we say we've got real clear evidence. This the market's starting to look at this now. And where are we going to see those those risks permeate with commercial real estate and all those factors? It's going to be in the Russell. Um, it's going to be in the small cap banks. And I think yeah, that 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 will that that it may be. You know, people say. Like, don't be a doomsday. You're not. You're just looking at the technical target. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of risks out there that could eventually, or they may not. And and the Russell's the place that's going to get walloped if, if if they do actually manifest next year. So it'll be an interesting one. Anyway, let's go to play. Yeah, and, and it's not, it's, I was just going to say, it's not like we're going into uncharted territory either. These are all, this is a well-worn range too. I mean, visiting range lows that we saw summer of last year makes sense. It's not, you know, uh, but anyway, but we should move along. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's go to play of the day because it's actually a nice segue for, for an idea that I'm looking at at the moment. Right, my first trade, I want to go long the Polish slotty. Jokes, pants, as the kids say. I want to have a look at the KR ETF. Um, now, this is an interesting one because it plays really nicely into that 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 Russell setup. If you look at the Russell 2000, obviously it's a small cap index, but a large element of that is financials and, and small to mid cap financials. And the regional ETF, the KRE ETF, um, got a lot of attention in March. Obviously, that's when we saw the banking crisis playing through, which, of course, the Fed uh, staved off through to its liquidity and the BTFD program. Uh, those liquidity that we're seeing taken up by the smaller and regional banks continues to be very, very high indeed. But look, we started to see some some, prayer, very, very, uh, some, some rather precarious price action playing into the banks, which, again, could feed into Blake's um, US 2000 um, R2K tr uh, trade. Um, so it's it's a tough one at the moment because you know we're not really seeing huge momentum. This is early stage momentum building up, but we've seen that bear flag uh, kicking in. Um, I like this through the short side. You know you can see that stochastic momentum playing through. Um, you know that that's had the bearish sort of function. Um, but buying but shorting this now is 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 a tough one. 
um, you know, it needs to build a little bit more before the bid dries up and the sellers can get real, you know, real some sway there. But it's definitely something we have to have on the radar because if banks really give up, I know we talk about Magnificent Seven, but if the banks start to, to show some clearer vulnerabilities, you know, the, the broader equity market could have higher volatility. It could feed into a stronger US dollar, you know, higher rates, commercial real estate. There's all concerns. I think the KRE is one that, that, that needs to be put back on the radar now and the bears are starting to win over. I like this short. I'd be doing it short, small size. I'd be looking to cut it, but this could manifest into, and, and roll into something a little bit more protracted here. God, you talked about doomsday. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. Where's my gun? I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a doomsdayer at all. I, I'm, I'm, you know, for me, for me, for me, for me, Blake, I'm not bullish. I'm not bearish. I just trade what the market's telling me to see. And right now, this, this setup suggests that uh, you know it could, it could build. So I, I, I'm not a, a perennial bull or a perennial bear. I just trade what the market's telling me. So you're, you're ag agnostic, Chris. I'm an oyster, yeah. but yeah, like, that's yeah, what I wanted to say. Well, uh, you, if you want to come to visit me, we can we can get down to the bottom of the garden. We've got a bunker, we've got handguns and and canned food down there waiting for us. <laughs> you, you, that sounds like you live like one of my neighbors. All right, <laughs> uh, that's going to take us to to my play of the day, which is the euro. As I've been uh, telling you guys and gals, I'm playing to the short side, but I I want to um, point out a few things about this chart. You'll notice that upper blue arrow, the little bit bigger arrow. That bounce that we saw two weeks ago, that showed you that the bounce couldn't even make it to the 38% retracement, which came in at 109.66. Also, you'll notice that the 50 DMA, we couldn't get back above that. So basically, while we remain below the 50 DMA, you got to continue to focus on the short side. But what's more important is understanding price action. When you get a move, like just say an elongated move, which we did from the you know 112, almost 113 level all the way down to you know, 108, when you get a long move like that, and then you bounce and you barely get to a 38% retracement, that just suggests that there's probably more to go in that same general direction. And that's what's happening right now. We are well below the 200 day moving average. We're below channel support. My next target's going to be, you know, 105 and a quarter. Well, you, you could say, well, there's some levels, you know, between here and there, but it looks like to me, especially if everything that we've talked about, Chris, continues to to fall into play whether you have an ecb that that it you know becomes you know stagnant and they just need to stay higher for longer you have hot inflation data cpi over the next week or two and then you get expectations moving higher for the fed to actually raise rates the euro dollar could be wearing a 105 handle that means 105 xx you know in the next couple of weeks and i think while we're below the 200 day moving average we continue to focus on the short side Woo, that was a lot, a lot that I had to say. Okay, <laughs> well, it's it one of those weeks, isn't it? That <laughs> we've got a lot to say. We're, we hopefully the, uh, yeah, I think we always we always do. And my producer just knows we ramble on a bit too much, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to say in these markets. There's, you know, we've got pretty subdued volatility on a cross asset basis, but there's there's quite a lot of opportunities, and you're seeing that creep creep in. So yeah, I think um, yeah, you got to keep our eye on that uh, on that, that that wrecking ball that is the US dollar. If that dollar goes down, uh, so it goes up like Blake's anticipating. Um, yeah, Asia is probably going to be the place that underperforms. Keep that dollar CNH on your radar. And for you, all you lovely people out there, thank you for watching. Uh, if you've made it this far, give us a like, leave us a comment about anything you've heard tonight, even a setup. Try and beat Blake's uh, um, yeah, title for, the, for, for, the, for, for your idea. And we'll see you back next week for more of the trade-off.